Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Glass is beautiful. That's what Otis Eyewear say. Stunning mineral glass sunnies that transcend the boundaries between style, durability and sustainability. The world looks better through Otis Eyewear. Visit otiseyewear.com. Well, I'm absolutely honoured, thrilled to be speaking to an icon of Australian sport, of swimming, and just a, just a genuine Aussie legend, Dawn Fraser. Dawn, thanks so much for joining me on the Friday Focused. Always great to catch up with you. And you're, you're up in Noosa with the, the pods. Uh, thanks for joining me. <laughs> yes, I Describe am. what the pods yeah. are. Oh, thanks, Julie. It's lovely to talk to you. And, um, yeah, I'm up here in Noosa with the pods. The pods um called the parents of the dolphin swimmers. And... Um, as they couldn't get to um, to Tokyo, they've um, RACV Resort up here have given them a room and uh, and it's been organised that they they all sit around here for the heats and semi-finals, heats of the nighttime, semi for the finals of the morning, and it's uh, absolutely fantastic to be amongst them because uh, they couldn't go to Tokyo. They um, you know they weren't allowed to go. To Tokyo because of the COVID, yeah. and uh, but it's fantastic up here, and you know, we get uh, lots of coffees and teas and water, and yeah. so it's uh, it's very very fantastic. Well, there's been uh, a gold rush from the swimming pool. They've been brilliant, and I suspect, Dawn, knowing you and your history, and and by the looks of it, a few parents, there's a bit more than tea and coffee being thrown around when those <laughs> uh, celebrations have started. Who 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 of the parents celebrate the hardest, and and are you right alongside them? Well, I was offered a champagne the first day I arrived because we won a gold medal in the uh, uh, in the pool. And, and what I like is that, um, one of the uh, one of the men from up here who runs the um, the Make Peace Island for Richard Branson. He uh, got a gold blazer, and he whoever parent uh, son or daughter wins the gold medal, they have to wear that blazer until the next gold medal is won. And um, <laughs> I um, I predicted that uh, Zach would um, would win the gold medal in the 200 metres fly, so I've been wearing it most of the morning for his parents because they couldn't join us up here. Uh, brilliant! So yes. it's been fantastic. Yeah, it really is nice, and it's um, yeah. you know we, it's in, in a room in the, the resort of the ROCB, and they put up two big television sets for us. We've got all the swimmers' team photographs up on the wall. We've got it decked out and. Australian colours, and we've got Australian flags, we've got kangaroos, we've got balloons. So it's absolutely fantastic, and um, I'm just so happy to be involved with the pods. Yeah, and they're very fortunate to have you involved, and it's a tremendous uh, tribute to you. So many years after your uh, period of greatness at the Olympics that they still want you involved. And, and, and you're right about um, the, the gold rush. And there's still more. when, when we As we speak, there's still more events coming up that Australia may well Hi. carry out gold. What about well, Ariane, Ariane well, Titmus? Well, you know, Gilly, not only in swimming, like we, we won the awesome foursome name back because uh, when the mm. men and the women fours, they won it rowing. And, uh, you know, we've got... Um, Coxie in the white water this afternoon, and we've got um, uh, the BMX uh, young ladies. Yep. We've got them in the final, and you know, I mean, Australian athletes and Australian Olympic team are going fantastic. And I, you know, I've got to take my hats off to them because they've had a five-year sort of up and down sort of sessions for their, their training, and 
it's been very, a very difficult time for them. You know, take the swimmers. They weren't allowed to go into the swimming pools. So they have to swim out in the ocean, and a lot of our still water swimmers are not used to the ocean, and, and they get a bit worried about sharks and things like that. <laughs> but it's um, it, it's been very good. And you know, going back to Ariana, she's a beautiful person. You know, she five years ago, her and her family moved up to Brisbane, um, up to to be with um, the coach, and you know he's done a magnificent job, Dean. Oh yeah. And uh, the, the family just so fantastic and they're lovely and they're, you know, they've been very supportive of their daughter but then the other day up through the grandmother and the grandfather and it's been lovely to have them here you know they're so <laughs> excited that they're all together which is fantastic yeah it's so been it's, it's been um, it's an exciting time yeah, so wonderful for us as viewers and spectators to watch and feel like we, we're being taken in on this journey with the families as well. And uh, as I say, it's been awesome to see you there very much a part of it. For, for Ariane, what what advice would you have for her just casting mind forward post-Olympics? Are there, are there pitfalls to be wary of or, or what is it that she's got most to look forward to now being this uh, national icon herself? Well, she's an Olympic champion and, um, you know, she's still got a few swims to go. She's got the 800 metres uh, heats tonight uh, and she's a bit tired. You could see that in the relay swim and her mum said she spoke to her and she is a little bit tired. But, you know, for the, her future, I mean, I could see her going to two more Olympic Games if she wanted to because she's a 200, a 400, an 800 and she, she could be a 1500 metres swimmer. But she, she will have to decide on what she wants to do. And I think she'll stick to the uh, 200 and 400. We'll see how she goes tonight. But um, if you want to continue on further down down the line, and see, let's face it, Gilly, in three years' time, we've got another Olympic Games. Yeah, so, that's, that's right. You know, that's it, right. It's not that long for the kids. And I think, you know, that they'll all sit back after when they get home and they're in isolation. They'll start thinking about, what their next step's going to be. The next step will be, of course, their state championships, their national titles, their age group, the Opens, and, and then, you know, then there's another two years ago and we, we're looking at Olympic trials again. Yeah, the, yeah the, the, the extended break between Rio and Tokyo obviously gets made up, hopefully all things being equal and going well with the three-year cycle rather than a 4-1 now. But, uh, um, Dawn, you mentioned about, uh, you know, the... the the psychology for these athletes, whether they're swimmers or the all the Olympians, having to have that extra year and the, and the frustrations of lockdown and so on. I ask you, I'm interested in your how you were able to deal with trauma, pressure, uh, expectation. But I, I guess trauma is a big word because you you really did suffer uh, quite a number of different traumatic uh, incidents in your during your career. And how how did you work your way through that? Well, my, I had, uh, my first incident I had, I was 12 years of age when I was pulled into the Australian Swimming Union's office and met a man by the name of Bill Birch Phillips, who I really disliked immensely the first time I met him. And, you know, he was a gruff-speaking man, and he said, uh, you, you're a professional swimmer at 12 years of age? And I said, no, no, I've never taken any money. And he didn't expect a 12-year-old girl to talk back to him, and... Of course, then the atmosphere between us two were, was like that for the rest of my life. And so, so he, know, sorry, I, he, well, sorry, he, he accused you of being a professional swimmer because you'd received a, a, a trophy or a, a radio or something as a prize for winning. Is that right? No, I was, I was belonged to the 
Leichhardt Belmain League of Swimmers, which was a professional swimming club. But the reason I joined that, because my two other brothers and, and my family were members of it. So we used to go down the bars every Sunday morning and compete in the races. I used to win on, on point scores. So my point score added up to I was able to go and with, with a, an official from the swimming club, um, a top mental radio, a top mental radio from my mum and dad. And that was, mm-hmm. that was my prize. It wasn't. I didn't never take any money for swimming at all. But to try and prove it to Bird Phillips, he wouldn't listen to me at all. So, you know, when I when I finished, he, he slammed his fist down on the table and his desk, and he said, "You will never swim for Australia." And I got up and I slammed my fist down. And I said, "Yes, I will." <laughs> and I, you know, when I when I when he banned me after Tokyo for um, you know wearing an unofficial swimsuit and and marching in the opening ceremony, I, I took him to court and to try to get my band lifted. And the judge, uh, I have suggest, uh, Leslie Heron as my judge and, and Clive Eric QC as my uh, solicitor. And uh, so Leslie Heron said to Bill Birch Phillips, who also happened to be on the uh, swimming union board, said, Mr Phillips, I want you to shake hands with Dawn Fraser. And he refused to. And he could judgmentally put him into jail for that. And I said, well, Bert, you know, you can't keep a good person down, but thank you very much for making me the swimmer I was because I always won in my races and thinking of you when you tried to ban me at 12 years of age. He didn't talk for me for the rest of his life. (laughs) That is amazing. I mean, you mentioned that ban for 10 years. A lot of us, I think folklore has it, that that was because you supposedly, well, were part of, uh, you admitted being part of a trio to... To steal a flag, but that that ban, ten years, which effectively ended uh, ended that international, certainly Olympic career, was for incorrect swimsuit, yeah. and you wanted to march in the opening ceremony. Is that that's the way it played I, out? Gilly, I did both. I did wear an unofficial swimsuit because my swimsuit was too big for me, and I did march in the opening ceremony. But I had asked for chef's permission. Could I march in the opening ceremony? And he said yes. So. I, the manageress of our, our swim team took me into to town into Tokyo to get a pair of gloves because I wasn't uh, presented with a pair of gloves. So, you know, it's it's a very confusing story to have one sort of um, officials against you and one officials with you. So, yeah. as I was in the Olympic team, I didn't belong to the Australian Swimming Union. I belonged to the Australian Olympic team, and my chef commission was my boss. Yeah. So I went and asked him and said yes. Yeah, yeah uh, right. you know. mixed messaging. Yeah, um, thank God Dawn... we don't have those people in, in on boards these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, uh, admin doing a, a terrific job. I think this whole Olympic uh, um, management have done a wonderful job to to see this come to fruition. Um, the, you mentioned yeah. that that early sort of trauma. That obviously something that very many people couldn't relate to is is the loss of your mother, and you came out and spoke about it openly, about that you were behind the wheel in, in the, the accident. Yeah. You were badly damaged yourself only seven or eight months before going over to Tokyo and then completing the hat-trick of, of gold medals. Again, I've cast my mind now to someone like Simone Biles who's pulled out. Um, Naomi Osaka's had trouble with uh, mental health and depression and, and, and expectation. Did you find a way that you were able to compartmentalise and, and just focus and, and get the job done? Gilly, in 1964, I had I was a member of the Australian Olympic team, the swimming team. There were only nine girl members. 
And without those members of my team, I wouldn't have made the I wouldn't have made the swim. They were just so absolutely fantastic for me. They looked after me. They made me laugh. They made me train. They made me feel part of them. And I did it also for them because they knew the, dra- the drama that I was going through after being the driver of the car that killed my mother. And I was told by my brother that she died. She had died of a heart attack. And I didn't know. I mean, I had probably about two and a half months to think about it. And, and when I had to go to the coroner's court, the coroner told me the truth. And I, you know, I could hardly ever forgive my brother for telling me lies because, you know, I wanted to know. And, and that really affected me. I had broken my neck and uh, I'd been in a, a collar for just on seven, eight weeks and uh, I couldn't dive in the water. I was told I, should, I wasn't to dive. So all my training had to be with a, a push off from the end of the pool until I actually um, swam in, in the uh, heat to the Tokyo Olympics where I had my first dive. And that was a bit dramatic, but I thought, no, I'm here now. Nothing's going to hurt me. Nothing's going to stop me. Yeah, well, I think everyone would agree to get through that uh, mentally is, shows just how strong you needed to be. Do you Can you relate to what the, the modern-day athletes are doing to talking about and expressing around this uh, mental health situation? I can, Julia. I think, you know, because there's been a lot of money coming to them as sponsorship and some of these kids are earning something like, well, you look at the Americans, the American basketballers, they're earning something like $64, million a year, right? Yeah. We're not earning that, that much money in this country at the moment. But if you're like your Giles is a gymnast. I would say that because she's been so far up the top for so many years, that she would be in probably the thirty, forty, fifty million dollars a year market to look after her sponsors and things like that. And I would say the pressure's got to her, and uh, no one's talked to her about it. You no, know? don't worry about that. You just do the very best you can, and have a go and have a good time, and don't be so positive in everything you do. And if you make a mistake, okay, you make a mistake, but you can always. You know, reflect on that and and try and do better the next time. It's uh, it's sage advice. Uh, the first lady ever to to break the minute mark in the hundred meters, Dawn. Uh, and uh, I noticed yeah. now they're doing what fifty two, fifty somewhere between fifty two and fifty three, in the hundreds. Um, what, what was was that the the sort of holy grail for you, or was it more about the medals? No, the, the, see, swimming has changed now. Like we had to have we had flat blocks. We had we didn't have touch pads. We had timekeepers taking our times, and sometimes timekeepers are not as fast as you when you finish. And they've got it. If you touch underneath the wall, uh, they can't see you touch. So they they then just guess if you touch the wall. Um, we now have uh, we don't have to touch the hand. We don't have to touch the wall with our hand before we turn. They can turn uh, five, three, four meters out now without touching the wall as long as they touch the wall with their feet. So if you're a six-foot person, you're saving 12 feet in the, in the field on each turn. Sure. And, that, and that's why times have come down. Yeah. And that you will... know, I'm, I'm glad because, you know, swimming, I, I speak my sport swimming, it's, it's become very sophisticated and, you know, we're very scientific in it now and we learn quite a lot um, about it and, we, you know, we've got... Uh, doctors on the team, we've got masseurs on the team, we've got physiotherapists on the team, we've got uh, psych- psycho people on the team that talk to the kids if they get upset. So it's, uh, you know, our teams are so more sophisticated than what they were back in my day. 
But, hey, I'm not sitting here whinging about it. I'm saying I hope I was a pioneer to get all this done. So, you know, I got rid of um, I got rid of touching the wall with your hand. I asked Tina to change the rule to make it better swimming and better entertainment. Uh, the changing of the swimsuits uh, without skirts on it, you know, that wear swimsuits without skirts on them now. And it, it, everything's changed. And I, I like to think that I was a pioneer to change that. Oh, absolutely indeed. I think you can uh, rest easy knowing that you well and truly were a huge part of that change. You mentioned in, in the, if you were to give someone like Simone Biles advice, enjoy it. Just go out there and find the reason for you. It's, it looked like you enjoyed it all the way through. And I did read really interestingly as I was as, um, about to let you go, but I saw a quote from you about in the marshalling area, you used to do some terrible, this is your quote, I used to do some terrible things to upset my rivals. <laughs> Can you elaborate on that? Give us a few tips on what you do to put your rivals off before heading out onto the blocks. All right. We, we didn't have a marshalling room, right? Like we do now, right? Um, you, you'd go out, you'd be named, it and you go out onto your blocks, and, and sometimes I'd I'd get up and I'd go and blow out very loud, and that, that would that would make the person dive into the pool. They've stopped all <laughs> that now. You get two chances to dive into the pool. Now it's you can't, you don't have a chance to dive. If you break, you're out. So the fake false gun, happens. like the false start, you try to lure them into the falsy. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, that's sportsmanship was, for you. <laughs> yeah, was there any particular rivals that you didn't sort of get any heated uh, response from anyone in the, in the marshalling area? Um, the Americans. Oh, yeah. They were a bit, uh, yeah, they were a bit sort of uppy. They, they didn't want to muck around or do anything like that. They were there to to try and win the, and beat the Australians and that's where the rivalry started you know because uh, uh, in 1956 uh, America right up there and then there was three girls from Australia, Fraser, Crafton, Leach got first, second and third and won the gold medal and silver, bronze medal and silver medal and we beat the Canadians, the Americans, everyone and they just didn't yeah. understand that. Yeah sure it would have been a, a shock, a culture shock, no doubt about <laughs> it um, you missed out uh, on that 68 Mexico games due to that band. The times you were swimming, do you think, Dawn, would it have been four in a row? Yeah, it would have been, and I would have been, um, I would have been happy to have gone because I was trying for it. And um, you know, that's when the band took in, and you know, I got, I got the band lifted after three years. But it was. Um, very difficult to get into the water and train because um, my coach had moved to Canada and and I did do a bit of training with some other people and when I got over, I was invited to come to Mexico and uh, one of the reporters from Melbourne, Judy Joy Davis, I don't I don't think she's alive these days, was uh, she she bet me a hundred uh, pound that I couldn't um, couldn't swim within two seconds of the, the winning event of the time in a hundred metres. And I swam within point one of a second, and would have won the gold medal. <laughs> so I won a hundred oh. pounds. <laughs> did you get your hundred quid? <laughs> I did. I did. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good, very good. Uh, Dawn, it's as I say, it's been um, brilliant to watch the swimming, to watch the uh, watch that team. I guess come back from a, a few Olympics of um, I, I guess performances that were frustrating for some, but um, many felt 
weren't at the standard that the swim teams have previously put up, but they've well and truly rectified that, and it's wonderful uh, to see the leadership in the team, and you can see that you're very much part of that, the legacy that has continued to see this team thrive. So and great to see you there with the pods, and thank you so much for joining me on the Friday Focus. Enjoy the rest of the Olympics. Thanks, Gillian. The same to you, mate. Thanks a lot. Born on the West Australian coast, Otis Eyewear is made in a range of styles to look good and last in Australian conditions. Scratch-resistant, optically correct and eco-friendly. Otis Eyewear. Glass is beautiful. Visit otiseyewear.com. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.